Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Good morning everyone. Thank you so much for just welcoming us back again. And yeah, we are part of this family now. And yeah, I'm just so privileged to be able to stand here and to basically just uh, uh, send uh, uh, Philip and Rita on their way. As it is their last Sunday here, I'm very thankful. And yeah, just thank you for the massive impact that you guys have made in Salaris and wherever you went, not only Salaris, but your footprint is in South Africa. And a lot of people have benefited because you were obedient to the voice of God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, um, I was just thinking about when Philip uh, talked about uh, uh, that we, you are amazing, that we are amazing. And what came to my heart is just uh, Psalm in the, uh, the Bible, in the Bible, the book of Psalm 139, and I was 14. I'm reading here from the Passion. It says that, I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. Uh, and what he says here that we are made com uh, extremely, mysteriously complex. So we are very complex. So it's very hard to understand the person. But it's God that is able to understand you because he has made you in his image. And uh, what he says that everything that you make is marvelously breathtaking. So God made us. So that means that we are breathtaking. You are breath, breathtaking. So when God looks at us, He looks at us with awe because He sees what I have made. It is awesome. So you literally take God's breath away. If, if, if I can sum up what the scripture is saying, we take His breath away because we have been made in His image and His image is breathtaking because we are so complex. So I just want to bless you with that and yeah, if you feel down, if you feel you have a lack of confidence, know that in the eyes of God, you are breathtaking. And that should be the only opinion that matters in your life. Not anything else that people say. So, we are going on uh, and we are in the book of Romans 3. Uh, we're going to read from verse 1 until verse 22. Uh, just at the back of uh, Romans 2, starting from verse 17. Um, there's a lot of things that Paul spoke to the uh, uh, spoke to the Jews about uh, because what he was talking to them about here is that basically that he was talking to them about the law and how they want to perform and how they want to be pleasing to God by perfecting the law of Moses and now Paul speaks a lot to them as well and then here at the end he just says to them uh, where, where he says that for you are not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. Nor a true Jew is one whose, whose heart is right with God and a true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law, rather it is a change of heart produced by God's Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God and not people. So when we 
try to please God through what we do, then we seek praise from people. Because people can see what we do. You understand? If we want to tell people like, uh, let's take Philip and Rita for instance, you've been here for 19 years. If you, if you wanted to seek praise from people, you would have taken out a notebook. You would have taken out maybe a thousand books of everything that you have done for someone. And you can say, this is what we have done. But your praise is not for us to say that you are wonderful people. Your praise comes from God because, that, because you have a changed heart. Yeah. So Paul is talking to them. He's telling them that, yes, you are Jews. And, and, and you have the lineage of, of, of Abraham. You, even the Messiah came through your lineage as well. But it's not about what you do. It's about what you believe. It's about, your, it's about faith in Christ that makes you a true Jew. So everyone here that has accepted Jesus Christ into their heart. Today I just want to tell you that you are a Jew. You are a true Jew. You are the real Jew because you believe in God from the heart. Not through what you can do for Him, but what Jesus has done for you. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's, it's so amazing. And then, verse uh, uh, um, Romans 3 verse 1 goes as follows. He says then, Then what's the advantage of being a Jew? Is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision? Yes, there are great benefits. First of all, Jews were entrusted with the whole revelation of God. True, some of them were unfaithful, but just because they were unfaithful, does that mean that God will be unfaithful? Of course not. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. As the scriptures say about him, you will be proved right in what you say, and you will win your case in court. But some might say, our sinfulness serves a good purpose. For it helps people to see how righteous God is. Isn't it unfair then for him to punish us? This is merely a human point of view. For of course not. If God were entirely fair, how would he, if, if God were not entirely fair, how would he be qualified to judge the world? But some, someone might still argue, how can God condemn me as a sinner? If my dishonesty highlights his truthfulness and brings him more glory. And the person even slander us by claiming that we say, the more we sin, the better it is. Those who say such things uh, deserve to be condemned. That is what Paul is saying about people that is now flipping his message upside down, saying that yes. because we have grace, we can go out and do what we want. We can just live uh, 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 a life of sin in a life that is... Uh, um, Contrary to what God wants. Then he says in verse 9. Well then. Should we conclude that. We Jews are better than others. No not at all. For we have already shown. That all people. Whether Jew or Gentiles. Are under the power of sin. As scriptures say. No one is righteous. Not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. Uh, no, one, no one does good. Not a single one. Their talk is foul. Like the stretch of an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Uh, snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. 
destruction and misery follow them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. Okay, that word fear, it's not, they're not afraid, but it's reverence, respect for God, for who He is. Obviously, the law applies to those whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses. I love that verse. And to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Then it says in verse 21, But now God has shown us a way to be made right with Him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Uh, it says, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So that basically means no matter if we are a Jew or a Gentile, whoever puts their faith in Jesus Christ, they will be saved. Okay, the Bible says that or whoever calls upon the Lord will be saved. There's no distinction between it's uh, white, black, Jew, or whatever culture, whatever there is. It's only like whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So there's a lot in this. And uh, I, I know the most, most half of that, uh, uh, of um, um, Romans 3, it speaks a lot about works performance, talks a lot about sin. But I'm not here to point out sin this morning. I'm here just to guide us because we have been, we are on a journey to understanding what the book is really about. And we are on a journey to understand that no man is right before God. Like Romans 1 explained that even nature condemns us because nature reveals the glory of God. And then in verse, um, verse 2 reveals that no man can be made right with God by obeying the law, by observing what the law says. And now verse 3 is bringing everything to a close and actually saying to us that the law is of no use to you because the law only shows that you are not perfect. But yes. verse 21 and 22 shows us that there is a better way. Amen. So it comes to show us a better way. It comes to show us and reveal Jesus to us. Okay. So in verse 1 and 2, Paul is saying that the gospel should profit the Jews because they were... They have been given the words of God. Okay, so they have been given the very oracles of God. It has been entrusted to them. Like I explained, Jesus' lineage came through the Jews. Jesus himself was a Jew. Okay, so Deuteronomy 4 verse 5 says, Look, I now teach you these decrees and regulations as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may obey them in the land uh, you are about to occupy. That is in the NLT. So what Moses is saying, is, this is the words that God has given me. So when we occupy this land, this is what we need to do. So the very words of God were given to them in order to obey these words so that they might live a peaceful life because they were going into the land that was flown with milk and honey. Okay, into the promised land. Yes. Okay. It's amazing how even this book of Deuteronomy points to Jesus. Mm. That uh, as I read further, uh, this promised land they speak to, it's not a place, it's a person. Yeah. It's Jesus. So when we come to Christ, we have come to the promised land. Sure. We are Amen. in our promise because Jesus oh, is the wow. promise. 
So Romans 3 verse 3, for even though the, the gospel has been preached to, to them by Moses, they still did not believe. They did not take it, the word to heart. They did not cherish it in their heart and believed it as God has said it unto them. In Hebrews 4 and verse 2, it says that for this good news that God has prepared, this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did not, but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. Meaning that the good news came to, to, to the Gentiles and to the Jews, but they did not believe it. Jesus came through the line, but they did not believe him even when he spoke to them that I am the, I am the one that was sent for my father. They did not believe him. So because they did not believe, they did not enter that rest. And once again, the rest is not talking about sleep. It's talking about Jesus. Yeah. Because he is the, he is the rest Amen. that we need to live this, uh, this, this faithful life. Okay? So what it's basically saying that our unbelief has no effect on God's faithfulness. Because it's not, it's, it's not God's nature to be unfaithful to His word. So whether we believe or not, it will not change God's mind. About the promise that he has made unto us. It, it didn't change God's mind. The promise that he even made to the Jews as well. It didn't change God's mind. The promise that he made to the world. So whether we are faithful in believing. And even unfaithful in not believing. It will not change God. Because God does not change his nature. Okay so uh, Numbers 23 verse 19 says. For God is not a man that he should lie. Or son of man and say something and not perform it. So we can say that God is not a man that he should lie. I think there's one verse in the Bible that even says that God has put his word above his own name. So his word has become his bond. So his promise is forever. So if God makes a promise, he will never change. He will not flip. God will not change his promise because we act out. Because we don't want to follow him. We don't want to believe him. For God is consistent in what He does. Okay? The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2 verse 13, If we are faithless, He remains faithful to His word and His character. Okay? So, if, if God disobeys His own word, what He does, He throws His own character out of the way. So, God's character is at stake by declaring His word. So, He has to stay true to His word. Okay, His word is His bond. His word is His promise. So even God is bound by what He says. Isn't that awesome? Like God is bound by what He says. And, 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 and the same, and that's why Paul, Paul even says to the Corinthians, don't say, uh, uh, don't, we shouldn't make oaths. We shouldn't say yes and not do it. For God's promises is what? Yes and amen. amen. That is His promises. It's yes and amen. amen. And then he goes on to say that we have our yes in Jesus. Amen. Our yes is in Christ. Hallelujah. Okay, so God's promises is fulfilled in Jesus. So God is faithful and he will never disown himself. Okay, that is what the other translation says. For he cannot deny himself. Okay, so that is in the, in the Amplified. It says that he's faithful, he's true to his word. Because Romans 5 or 6, Paul is showing us here that we can never view God's righteousness from a mere human perspective. Man's perspective of God always have an unrighteous point of view. 
when we try to view God from our own mindset out of our flesh, there will always be a selfish point of view. There will always be, what can I get out of this? There will always be unrighteousness because in our flesh, our nature, because it's sinful, it will always gravitate towards, I want this, I want that, God bless me, bless me, bless me. It will always be a selfish perspective. But God's righteousness needs to be uh, uh, viewed from the point of the Spirit. That's why He sent the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. So the righteousness of God needs to be viewed from a place of truth. Okay, we can only have the right view of God, to, uh, of God's righteousness from the view of the Spirit. Okay, Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14 says, But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. Okay, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. That is in the NLT. So what he's basically saying, if, if uh, like the world is doing at this moment, they are trying to decode and they are trying to encrypt the Bible from a human perspective, from a man's mindset. What he's saying here, if you try to do that, it is foolish to do that. Because you will never get out of it what God wants to show you or what God has for you. It's the same with Nicodemus when he met Jesus. When Jesus says that, told him that man needs to be born of water and of the spirit. And Nicodemus was dull in, in his understanding because he thought that he needs to be, he needs to go into his mother's womb again. Yeah. And then Jesus actually told him, but you are a scribe. You are a rabbi in the Jewish temple. And yet you do not understand. So we can never ever view God from a carnal point of view. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, we don't view Jesus from that point anymore. We don't see that. That's why we should not view anyone from a man's perspective. We should view them from the perspective of God. And God's perspective is from the Spirit. We should see people in the Spirit. And in the Spirit, we see people free. We see people whole. We see people blessed. We see people filled with all the glory of God. We don't see people for what they are doing or how they are living their lives. We see what Jesus sees. Because when we are in Christ, our greatest potential is to be like Jesus. Okay? So then he talks about in, uh, in Romans 3, 7 to 8, Paul is condemning those who say that their sinful ways bring more glory to God because it just shows that how true he is. That's basically telling that we can do whatever we want. It is God's job to forgive. We don't have to ask for forgiveness. We can, uh, the world can live in sin all the way they want. Eventually God will forgive. Because the way that we live will just show us that God is perfect and we are not. So now it's an excuse just to live in that way. Just to go uh, um, with the dead fish. It's like a dead fish goes with a stream. It doesn't go against the stream. It, just to go with that. And there's a lot of dead fish in the world. I'm talking about people. Not physically dead, but spiritually. There's a lot of them in the world because they are just going with what the world says. So this is what they believe. So Paul says that Paul is condemning them. And to condemn something means to declare that that thing is unfit for use. When you look at a building that's been 100 years old or whatever, 
and people try to uh, build it again, the building inspector comes and he inspects it, and he says, no, you can't build on this foundation anymore, he's condemning it, yeah. he even have a stamp that says condemned, yeah. that means the building is unfit for use, it's dangerous, so in this light, Paul is actually saying that people that twist the, the gospel, that twist his words by saying that you can live in sin while knowing Jesus still, he condemns them, he tells them that these people are not fit to share the gospel. They are not fit, they are unfit to do that because they do not have the right perspective of God's righteousness, of God's holiness, of God's goodness. Romans 6 verse 1 and 2 says that, so... So what do we do then? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? What a terrible thought. Oh, the person puts it nice. What a terrible thought. We have died to sin once and for all. As a dead man passes away from this life, how could we live under sin's rule for a moment longer? So what he's saying is that when we receive Jesus, we die to ourselves. Yes. So we are actually dead to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what Paul is saying here that how can we that are dead live in sin? That means that the sinful life was, the, uh, uh, was your previous life. You have passed away. You have died to that life. But now you are alive to Christ. Amen. That is what he's saying. And he says, what a terrible thought to have. What a yourself. Like, I have Jesus, but I can still live the way I want to. Okay, so that, uh, the grace of God is not licensed to sin. Okay, the grace of God, it is licensed to love. It's licensed to love free, to love for God, to love through Jesus, not to love for ourselves. Okay, and then in... Uh, um, and then in verse 9 to, to verse 19, this is actually what blew my mind. Paul settles the argument. So he's telling them, let's settle this once and for all. Let's settle this because we are going on and on. I will reveal to you through the scriptures. Okay, when he talks about the scriptures, he's talking about uh, Genesis to Malachi. Okay, he's talking about the Old Testament. He says, Paul settles the argument and foolish questions by proving through the scriptures that the purpose of the law is to show that man has no excuse for their sin and stand guilty before God. Okay? And then he lists all the scriptures that he said there. Um, if you want, I'll just read them out and you can dot them down. Uh, he, uh, he mentions uh, Psalm 14 verse 1 to 3. Then he mentions uh, uh, Psalm 53 verse 1 to 3 where it says that basically only a fool, it is only a fool that says there is no God. Then he mentions Psalms 5 and verse 9. And then he mentions Psalms 140 and verse 3. And then he mentions Psalms 10 and verse 7. And then also he mentions Isaiah 57, uh, sorry, 59 verse 7 and 8. And then finally he mentions Psalms 36 verse 1. Where he basically, through the Old Testament, through the books of the law, where, uh, uh, through the Old Testament, he shows them, the, he shows the world, he shows uh, the, the, the Jews actually, and he even shows the Gentiles that no one is righteous before God. No one is right before God because if you look at this, this is our condition. We have a sinful condition without God. So 
without God, we are stuck in sin. Okay, so if Jesus did not come to fulfill the law, we would still be in the same condition yeah. that Paul is talking about here. Yeah. Okay, in uh, uh, Romans 3 verse 20, he says that the law is good in revealing that we have a problem with sin. But it does not provide solutions to the sin that we're dealing with. So the law will tell you that you are sick. But it will not provide a remedy for the sickness. Okay? It will tell you that you, are, you have a sickness and eventually you are going to die. But they're saying that you are sick and there is no cure. So there is not, how can I say now that, there is no antidote. That is a tian model for what the vet says. So the law will only point out how bad you are. Yeah. Will only point out your bad, your, um, your bad spots. So when we come to a point where we constantly want to obey the law of God, the law will always tell us we are not perfect. Mm. And then it says, then the, uh, and then it comes to mind, you need to pray more, you need to fast more, you need to go to church more. You need to do this more. You need to do this. You need to do this and this and this. Friday I mentioned in youth that it is not Jesus and, and, and. It should be only Jesus for what He has done. So now the Lord tells you that this is what you need to do. So now you fall into the trap of religion. And once you fail, you fall into the trap of condemnation. And if you go too far into it, you will become unfit for use. Because now you believe you are condemned by God because you cannot fulfill what His law says. And that is not God's heart. God is not condemning us. We condemn ourselves when we try to prove ourselves to Him. We have absolutely nothing to prove to God because God has already proven Himself to us. Okay, so we just need to live in that what God has already proven. So now the law reveals the problem, but it doesn't provide remedies. It doesn't bring you... To a point where he says that, okay, you are in sin, this is the solution. Okay? So then Galatians uh, 3 and verse 11 says that, So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So it's only through believing what Jesus has done that we become righteous. It is only in believing that Jesus died, He was buried, and He was resurrected for our sake and for our sin. And He brought salvation to us so that we can receive salvation. It is only through that, through faith in knowing what He has done, that we can be made right with God. Amen. It is not through performing. Okay? No amount of you trying to please God by what you are doing will ever change what Jesus has done. So... We might as well just fall in line and just start to believe what He has done. And it's so simple. I mean, if we look through these three books and, 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 and what the world is portraying and what they are saying, we see that God is in every aspect of life. He is in nature. He's in, he's in, he's in His Word. He's in our consciousness. He's in our minds because whatever we believe is right, that is right to us. Whatever we believe is wrong, we won't do that. But it's not about that. It's about what Jesus has done. It's about just simply believing that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. 
Okay? That whoever believes should not perish but have everlasting life. And verse 17 says that Jesus has not come to condemn the world, but He has come to save the world. So if we believe that, and we don't believe all the requirements though, in what we have to do to accomplish what Jesus has already accomplished, then we, we will be saved. We are saved. And then we can live our life from that point. Imagine living life without any pressure. Believing in Jesus is living a life without pressure. Is living a life without religion. The Bible says that come to me all who are heavy, who are burdened and heavy laden. What the, the Passion says, uh, and even the Amplified says that burdened and heavy laden, he says, burdened and heavy laden with religion. We're trying to do. We're trying to please. Yeah. We're trying to accomplish. We're trying to get things right so that people can see from the outside, look, I'm serving God the best yes. I can. I am holy on the outside and whatever. He says, come to me because I give you rest. Amen. Jesus is the rest that we need Amen. for our lives. And then verse 20, 21 and 22. And, and yeah, I, I know it's been quick, but this is where we kind of land the plane. Um, Paul reveals it is only through the faithfulness of Jesus that we can be made, made right with God. Not through keeping the law. And there is no distinction between Jew and or Gentile, it is through faith in what Jesus has done that men are saved. When I say men, I mean women as well. So I'm counting us all into that one thing. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that because I say men that you are now a man. No, I'm not saying you, you need to flip now on the gender side. I'm saying men. I'm including you. Okay. So what Paul reveals here is that the faithfulness of Jesus and only His faithfulness. What He has done. Yeah. Not what we can do. Okay. We, we are only made right by God. By what Jesus was faithful to do. Okay. The Bible says. Uh, uh, Hebrews 12 and verse 2. We look unto Him. The author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Amen. Jesus. Who endured the cross. Who went through everything. So that we might have life. So He was faithful. To, to do what God has sent him out to do and through that because we believe in him now we have because we believe in that now we have that same faithfulness Amen. okay so when we believe in jesus like philip said this morning when god sees you he sees jesus Amen. he doesn't see any other person he sees jesus he sees the faithfulness of jesus Amen. he sees what he has done so even if you are still struggling with sin, still struggling to get over certain things, do not look at how you can overcome that thing that you are struggling with. Look at the faithfulness of Jesus and look on the inside what God has placed on the inside of you. Because inside of you is the hope of glory, Christ within us. Okay, the Bible says in Isaiah 12 and verse 2, we draw from the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. When you draw from a well, you don't draw from the outside. You draw from the inside. Hallelujah. And because Christ is inside of you and the Holy Spirit is inside of you, you draw from the person that is within you. First John 4 and verse 4, Greater is He that is within, that is within me than He that is within the world. Okay, so who's within us? Jesus. He is greater. 
So whatever you're struggling with, whatever you are facing in your life, look within. Don't look with what you can fix. Don't look with how you can make it right. Look at the person that has already made it right for you to able to love. We are right with God. We are righteous. And we will never be unrighteous. Because what Jesus did, it is complete. Amen. The Bible says Christ died once and for all. He will never die for sin again because he already done it. Okay? So we need to start to believe. We need to start to look away from our own faults and mistakes and when to look to Jesus. Because Jesus will never deal with that mistake again. Because He's already dealt with it. We need to draw it in. It's time to go inside of the well and not look for the answers outside. Okay? If we look to the answers outside, outside of us, we won't find it. Because the world doesn't have the answer that we need. If you have Jesus, you have the answer you need. Okay, so we should look inside of us, ourselves. Um, Colossians 3 and verse 11 says that in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and He lives in all of us. Amen. So he said, he's telling them uh, what Paul is telling us this morning or what God is trying to convey to us this morning. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your background. doesn't matter where you come from. doesn't matter what you did before you knew, knew Jesus. He says that God is not a respecter of people. He doesn't look at your faults and say, no, you are able to get saved. You haven't done a lot. You haven't done this. He says... Everyone is able to get saved. Amen. He says that Christ is all that matters. Hallelujah. I think it's in Galatians 6 verse 15 where he also says is that circumcision or uncircumcision has no value. But the only value there is, is the new creation that we are in Christ. Amen. So what God is telling us this morning and even what Paul is trying to explain to the Jews and to the Gentiles is that you don't have to look at yourself to fix yourself. Amen. You don't have to look at the law. When you look at the law, you should look at the law through the eyes of Jesus and through what He has done. Because it explains here that even Paul has showed them through the laws of Moses and the prophets, show them Jesus, show them what God has promised, or what God really promised. Amen. So, Paul didn't tell them the New Testament said that. Paul went to them and says, this is what the scriptures say. Yeah. This is what the scriptures and this is what the prophets say yeah. about Jesus. He is the one that will save the Amen. world. He is the only one that can bring salvation. Amen. And so, we have this awesome message that we can give out to the world Hallelujah. and tell the world, you know what? You don't have to save yourself. Amen. Jesus has all the capacity, all the power to save you. And better than that, once He saves you, He lives within you and He will never leave. God will never leave us, nor will He forsake us. When we have said yes to Jesus, He lives within us, His Holy Spirit is within us, and the Holy Spirit and Jesus will never ever leave. He has made His home. So you are Jesus' address. 
So when people look for Jesus, they should look for you. Amen. They should not look to anyone else because you have Jesus on the inside of you. And we have this awesome message. I, I just want to read what it says here in verse 21 when he spoke about the law of Moses and all that. In 21 he says, but now God has sown. Whenever someone says something to you, say for instance someone apologizes to you and he says, you know what, I'm really sorry for what I have done to you. But... You, whenever he says but, he cancels out whatever yeah. he said. So what this is telling us that Paul talked to them and Paul argued with them and now he says but. When he says but, he cancels out everything that was said before yeah. and now he's pointing us that but actually means that everything else is cancels out and it's pointing us to something else. So this but actually points us to Jesus. It points us to now. He says but now God has shown us a way to be made right. So what he's saying that, don't try to perform, but here's a better way. So Jesus is the better way of God to the world. And there's no other way to God. There's no other way God is. There's no other way God will be except through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much. Father, we thank you. Oh, we just honor you, Lord, because of your faithfulness. We just thank you because you are so amazing. We just thank you, Father, because we know that we don't have to strive. We don't have to perform. But we can live in the finished works of Jesus. And we can do that now. And we can do it forever. Because we have Jesus on the inside of us. We have the living one. We have the living word. We have the fullness of who he is. The Bible says Christ within us is the hope of glory. And the Bible says that now all the fullness dwells in Christ. And now you are complete in Him. And so we thank you for our completeness in Christ. Help us to convey this message unto the world. Help us to convey what you have done for us in the name of Jesus. Yeah, and I mean just even if you are sitting here and you don't know Jesus. And you have taken this word to heart. Guess what? You have just received Him. And you are now among the saints. You are not in sin. You are not living in your, your previous life. The Bible says that whomever is in Christ, He is a new creation. He is a new creation. The old things has passed away. So God is not remembering sin because the old things has passed away. God has given you a new life. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, yeah, you are just able to receive Him. Right where you are sitting. And if this word is touching you, I believe God will do something awesome and powerful in your life. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when you meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca